0: two one all right mo thanks for joining bro how are you Riza?
1: my pleasure good man it's been a while how are you
0: I- i've been good man yeah it's been a while it's like two and a half years or something uh something like that last time i saw you we were playing football together
1: yep back in the aie soccer days that was a good yeah, time huh? Bro,
0: we were kicking ass um mm-hmm. so i'll just jump straight to the questions man i wanted to know what's your favorite movie and, and why
1: What's my favorite movie, okay, so this is an interesting question because i haven't like I'm not a big movie guy nowadays,
0: okay but
1: I still have like my collection of favorite movies throughout my childhood and growing up, I'd say my number one favorite movie for various reasons is the Lion King uh, and okay. i I think you're you're obviously familiar with the movie. We kind of grew up around the same time around the same area, so like anyone who grew up in the nineties they're probably familiar with the Lion King, but why I love it so much is that it's um there's like the protagonist, Simba, and the antagonist, Scar. And I'm talking about the first part of The Lion King here. And they sort of go head to head in a way. And I didn't understand why, like what the purpose of Disney creating this these types of movies are until now. But it's perfect because you're, when you're teaching kids about the powers of good and evil, like what better way to do it than through a cartoon? And there's this scene where, um, well, The build-up to the scene was like, okay, Simba runs away from his home because his father was murdered, and his uncle wasn't the source of good that told him, okay, it's not your fault, Simba, calm down. He's like, oh, no, this is totally your fault. Everyone's going to blame you. You have to run away. So he runs away. He finds comfort in Timon and Pumbaa, and he starts hunting insects instead of, like, hunting, you know, animals like lions are supposed to do. And then Nala finds him, and she basically breaks up the gang of Timon, Pumbaa, and Simba. And she tells him, okay, you need to come back and fix what's at home because it's really broken right now. We have an evil, you know, tyrant who's ruling our kingdom. And it's going to shit. Like, uh, people can't find any food. The the crops are not growing, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he goes back home. He, he challenges Simba. And he tells him, okay, you need to leave and never come back. So Simba doesn't agree. And they, they go on a... They they fight a little bit. And uh, it it sort of shows that, like, you know, when you take the the onus upon yourself to rectify something that's wrong back home, you're going to face all these demons along the way. But when Simba finally wins, um, like, you know, the, the heaven or the good forces win and, and uh, Scar falls down to the pit. Um, if you remember that scene, there was a pit of fire at the bottom there at the top of the cliff. And it's like signifying that, that Scar is down to the hell where she came from. And then his own people start attacking him like the hyenas and they yeah. eat him out and basically that's the end of the scene. And then the very next clip is rain starts pouring down, indicating a time of flourishing due to this new king being present upon us. And then the next morning, it's like sun's back out, the lions and the animals are back, back in, that you see elephants, you see giraffes and everyone's back united again. And then you see Simba at the top of the cliff roaring at the top of his lungs and you know all the lionesses are... Sort of following his command in that, and then the ending of The Lion King is um, what's his name, the monkey Rafiki. Rafiki comes in carrying Simba's son and lifts him up, and it's like the circle of life continues again. And Lion King Two, another struggle, and it's like it's, wow, it's, it was such a good movie, and it you know resonated with a lot of us. And uh, I'm just learning to know like, okay, why was that now? And it was just
0: great. That's that's a very very interesting analysis, very wholesome answer. I I I definitely appreciate the the story and the way that the way that you put it. Definitely there's a lot of uh, different archetypes, right? Like Jordan Peterson exactly. also, you know, when I I I actually watched the whole analysis of The Lion King and you know what you said definitely, you know, there all these archetypes and subtle lessons that you learn in every different chapter or every different scene that takes place in the story. And you know, as a child, you watch it, it's just you know a, a cartoon for you, but then you grow up and you're thinking more about it. You look back, you, you're like, oh wow, this actually is a lot deeper and has a lot more layers. So it's almost like they made a, a, an animation that's like an onion and it serves different groups of people in different ways. So for a child, it's just a mere animation. Then for an adult, it can be a full-on analysis, like, like how you put it too, you know? Absolutely.
1: And for a child, it's, it is definitely a mere animation, but there's something about these movies that just stuck with us, you know, growing up. Like, you remember The Lion King. You remember, like, movies like Pinocchio or these, like, very big Disney movies, and it, it stuck with us for a reason. We probably didn't know why as kids, but, like, there's a powerful meaning behind
0: them. Definitely, definitely. So yeah. that's that's a that, that's a that's a good analysis. I appreciate that. And so, what about a good book? Do you have any good book recommendations?
1: Um, I I try to read as much books as I, as many books as I can for sure. And over the last few years since graduating from university, I'd say the number one book that stuck with me is *Sapien* by uh, Yuval Noah Hariri. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about cultural evolution and history in a way that I haven't been exposed to in the past. Like uh, I. I graduated engineering and it's, I don't know, history wasn't really my topic growing up. Um, so I shifted more towards the sciences rather than um, the, I don't even want to call them the arts because it's history, but you know, that, 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 the literature part of the world. Mm-hmm. But that book um, gives you like what, how humans got to where we are today in the form of a, of a, of a book, in the form of a story. And Yuval well Noah Hariri connects every chapter very seamlessly. And to me, it was like it's such an easy read, but it taught me so much. So that even after the book, I started researching. Okay, like what happened in this era? How did you get from this era to this one? And what's what's next in this you know technological or information age that we're living in now? So I'd say that's definitely a like a book that's you know whoever asks me for a book recommendation, I always put this one first.
0: And yeah, Sapiens. Yeah, I I I started reading Sapiens, and I probably got through the first. Third, and it's it's interesting because I usually read books like that. I I read a bit, then I put it aside. I start a new book, yeah. and I go back to <laughs> the other one. So I still haven't finished *Sapiens*, but I can definitely say the first third that I read definitely, you know, both entertaining, insightful, really interesting. It's it's not some some book that really bores you. You know, it captivates you. Absolutely, yeah. Want to know more? You know, um, did you did you read *Homo Homo Deus* as well? The, the the sequels to that one I
1: didn't read yet but they're on my list to read next because like I think he has a lot of important stuff to say and he backs it up with facts which is something I really like like he does you do see his opinion in there so obviously no book is free of bias but everything he says you can kind of back up with research which is yeah, something I really like about about him as an author, especially.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I appreciate him as as a person. Even his lectures are very insightful. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. so *Sapiens*. Okay, so I'll make sure that I finish the other two thirds. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, w- what's your what's your current ikigai?
1: My ikigai. Hmm. Okay, so why do I wake up in the morning? Basically, what well, gets me out of bed in the morning? Yeah, so so ikigai
0: um, is like a reason to be in Japanese, right? And We can have different ikigais in different stages of our lives. It's not something that, let's say, I say this is it for the next 60 years and that's it, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was going to say that. It does change every, every different phase of my life, let's say. Not every week, but yeah, every different phase of my life. So a few years ago, it was like, I want to finish university and I want to be recognized as an engineer who graduated from UFT. That was it. And that was like my tunnel vision for that, for that period of time. Um, now I'm working towards this uh, certification called the Project Management Professional Certification, and that's sort of my short-term goal. But on a long-term basis, I'd say my reason for being, um, I want to be able to support the people around me the way that I've been supported growing up. And that, that goes from you know both my folks, my, my parents, but also my siblings, and also my wider group of friends. Um, so what I'm doing to do that is expanding my career as much as possible. Um, working towards that and people say money isn't everything, but it is a lot like and especially in this world that we live in it's it is not everything like that's not my my only objective is to make money and make more money and that's it but it's making it in a way that makes sense for me it's defining my own success to be that and you know that, that's something that I want to work towards so being present um, and supportive for those who are able to support me throughout my life thus far I'd say that's Yeah, that's what that's what it circles around these days.
0: That's 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 interesting. And you know, you mentioned you know having. I mean, Kanye West has this verse in one of his songs. He says, "Having money is not everything, but not having it is, right?" So absolutely, you know, you 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 don't want to be in that place where you can't support or you can't, you know, because it's it's important, right? It in it it's an enabler. It's not everything, but it's an enabler for sure. Yeah 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 and and you mentioned you want to you know support those the same way that you've been supported that's that's actually you know very very novel as well and it's 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 definitely something that is in this in some sort of giving back you know you received yeah. and now if you're in that position to give back then you you would to your friends yeah to those that mean something to you
1: absolutely i like I, I try to think of it as like a selfless way but it honestly is a little bit selfish too because like what what I truly believe in is that the value in your life or the happiness that comes in your life is due to the people that you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you want to give back, but you also want to feel good about giving back, right? Like it's the money. I think there was a research done. I, I was taking this course called the science of Being by professor Lori Santos. And she's saying that beyond 70 K a year, additional money isn't going to bring you additional happiness. So it's like, you don't want to be poor, but being extra rich isn't isn't uh, what you should aim for unless that's your personal goal right like that's that's basically what i learned from it so yeah people are very important um family and friends like yeah they're they're everything to me so it only makes sense to give back when possible right
0: oh, i i appreciate that i appreciate that um so what new skills are you trying to learn these days i when the quarantine started rosa i
1: started uh, i tried to learn the guitar um, oh, nice. i learned a couple of songs like happy birthday to you and twinkle twinkle little star oh, yeah, but good. i don't know i didn't get very far <laughs> it's a nice song right but i i didn't get very far when trying to learn like more advanced songs and i I don't know why um maybe it's like a mix of interest and this mental uh, mental limit that says okay i'm too old old to learn this new mm-hmm. skill which isn't the case right like you hear of people picking up the guitar as late as like 40s and still excelling at it but I don't know maybe it's a matter of readjusting my mental limitation and also like putting in the work because it is a lot of work and it is boring when you're trying to get a song and you're not getting it time and time again you need to like persevere at it to get better at it but one thing that I'm trying to really learn is becoming a better public speaker and I don't know if you know this but I work as a project manager so there's not a lot of public speaking involved. Like you're not speaking to a large group of audience that you don't necessarily know, but there is a lot of speaking involved to a group of people that you know, like the the project team. So when I, when I, when I said, okay, I want to become a public speaker, I was like, okay, what can I do to, to help that? And I started approaching my meetings like, okay, what if there were people listening to this that didn't know who I was, that didn't know what the project was about? So I tried to, be, tried to envision this scenario in my mind where like I'm going in, I'm uh, speaking to a group that doesn't know anything about about me um so i try to speak in a way that i see other public speakers do do um that's one skill that i really think is valuable mm-hmm. and i really want to get better at it uh, maybe it's just a personality thing but yeah public speaking i think it's wow like when i look at good public speakers and
0: there are a lot of them thanks to the internet but
1: they are rare right like
0: for sure. For sure. And, and being able to tell stories. I mean, I know that you said that's something that you're trying to get better at, but I do want to give you a shout out, especially on the first question when we were talking about Lion King and the whole story that you went through and the way that you broke it down and you analyzed it, that actually caught my attention. That was interesting.
1: I appreciate it, man.
0: That means a lot. Thanks. That's, and, and that's definitely a good skill to have, like you said, because being able to transmit your, uh, your thoughts and uh, express yourself in such a way that other people can also see through your lens is something that's very important. And nowadays people's attention span is not that high anyway. So you do want to learn how to speak with people in a way to have their attention. Yeah, for sure, completely agreed. Interesting. Okay, and okay. so let's move to the next one. What's your, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear?
1: Hmm. Okay, so I'll tell you a little story. And I'm not sure if you know the story through our groups of friends in university, but basically the story is in my second year, second semester of engineering, mm-hmm. I failed three courses and I was basically asked by the school to take an eight-month probationary period. Like they're basically punishing me for, for doing bad at school, which, which it's fine. You know, like there's a, that's an approach and it worked for me. But ever since then, when I go, got back to school and I started my career and everything, my biggest fear has been the fear of failure. So not just failure to my own success criteria, but failure towards the people around me. So when I failed that that year, there was an impact, obviously, to my parents, to my siblings, to my friends, um, and I felt really bad about it. And also internally, I felt bad. I was like, oh, wow, I couldn't even finish this thing that I committed to. Mm -hmm. So I realigned my commitment, and I went into school with a different energy. It's like, okay, I took on this responsibility, so let me do good at it. And ever since that, that one year happened, I'd say that's been like a very important defining period in my life. So ever since then, my fear has been my fear of failure. And what I do to tackle that is just try extra hard. Like, you know, just tell myself like, OK, is this something I'm committed to? If the answer is yes, then I'm going to give it 100%. If the answer is no, then I shouldn't be committed to it.
0: You know what I mean? I see. That, and, and that point in your life was a reality check for you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, towards words up, up until that point, my grades have never like, you know, going through high school, was like mm-hmm. 80s, 90s. And, you know, we, we were the top achiever in the school. When I came to U of T, for some reason, it was like, OK, so a lot of questions and a lot of difficulties going on at the time, being in newly immigrated families to Canada and all that. And I let it affect my school. So what I learned at that point is like they're all interconnected. So, I mean, you doing better at school and doing better in your life is going to help you and those around you be better so you're 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 the one node in a family of six which is which says a lot like your actions affect those around you it doesn't just affect you anymore
0: i see okay now that that's interesting now something something to uh, talk about here you said fear of failure don't you think though at some points failure is actually very and it's a cliche but don't you think failure is actually a good thing in some points where they you know leaders also talk about you know fail fast and fail often right but i think that's yep. different from what you were talking about still because you're talking about you know not giving your 100% i think it's okay to fail it. if yeah. you give your 100% right
1: absolutely and i think that's that's the distinction we want to make here it's like yeah it's okay to fail but you have to ask yourself your that question and only you can answer that question is did you give it your all and when the answer is no that's when you fail yourself yeah. but if you give it your all and you fail you know quote-unquote fail then that's not a failure because you mm-hmm. tried then you give it your all and most people don't try right so it's like you should give yourself a pat on the back for that at least but when that school experience happened i knew deep in my heart that i didn't try so that's what why it was a real motivator for me and why it was a real defining period for me
0: makes sense so Uh, And that's very important. So, you know, uh, leading into that, you know, fear, insecurities, they they go hand in hand sometimes. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with your insecurities?
1: Um, hmm. I try my best to face them and not avoid them. You know what I mean? Like if there's a conversation that I want to have with someone that I know is going to be an unpleasant conversation, I just bite the bullet and go for it and hope for the best like try you know prepare as much as you can but at some point tell yourself okay i've prepared enough and this is the best i have this Mm -hmm. is the best version of me coming in with this question or this conversation and i have to give it give it a shot so i'd say it's facing them as much as possible and avoiding them only when necessary you know
0: Um, okay yeah so so confronting them head on otherwise they're slowly going to Creep in and get bigger and bigger, then at some point you're just too afraid to face that dragon or that beast.
1: Yep, absolutely. And even internally, like if there's a conversation that I think is going to help me think better, and I just keep shutting it down, shutting it down, or like not talking about my feelings or something like that, it's going to build up inside me. And at some point, it's going to burst out in a way that I may not be able to control, right? But if I think about it rationally and I just confront it, Mm-hmm. it may lead to a better scenario or a better circumstance
0: for sure for sure no that makes yeah. sense so well that's that's a good point point. and you know a, a quick transition here to talking about obviously like relationships you build a lot of them you have friends you have family uh what are some red flags that uh, you see in relationships for yourself what do you consider as as red flags now this can be intimate It can be a business Mm -hmm. partnership or a friendship, anything like that.
1: Gotcha. So I'll tell you about me and my current partner. She lives in London, UK for the past year and a half. And we've been doing long distance for the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been together for about five years. So like we've built a relationship prior to that. But when she moved to London for a long distance, you know, it changed the dynamic of the relationship a little bit. So I'd say red flags in in a relationship for me. And thankfully, that's this. if if i had faced it before it was something that we tackled early on but it's not trying you know it's like getting to a comfort zone where you're okay like i know it's how ha- i know i know how your day is going i don't need to ask I or see. like i know what you're doing today i don't need to ask how it went kind of thing so it's lack of attempt, lack um, of attempt. that's, that's, that's definitely a, a red flag and I haven't had like a business partner per se, but let's say like stakeholders on a project. It even applies there. Like if you don't try to satisfy your stakeholders, that shows that you've sort of decreased your commitment to that project. And it goes vice versa. If stakeholders on a project aren't as involved as they should be, they're not trying as much to, you know, bring value to the project that shows a lack of attempt. And it it flags something that That is a potential to go south very fast if not addressed.
0: Interesting. Okay, that's that's a very good point because you're almost saying, you know, the the opposite of of love is not hate; it's indifference. And when you don't try, that's 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 very indifferent as well. And you know, cruising without really putting in that much energy or effort or anything like that kind of creates complacency. And you know, eventually it kind of separates people from each other right
1: yeah absolutely and you're saying love and hate and like i think they're two sides of the same coin so if there's a hate that you're feeling towards something you know and if you have an opportunity to do something about it then you can turn that into love but if you're indifferent about it then you're not going to be acting up acting on it and it's just going to build up in you right yeah yeah yeah. not a good recipe
0: it's good. I mean, hate is definitely better than indifference, like you said, because I think so. you have some energy there to do something with it, to transform it, right?
1: I think so. I, I really
0: think so. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And okay, so then another question for you, if you could sit down with someone dead or alive to have lunch, uh, who would it be? What would you guys talk about?
1: Hmm. There's a couple of people, but right now, maybe it's the, I think if you ask me this question every two weeks, it's going to change. But uh, right now, ever since uh, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast went on Spotify, I've really wanted to talk to him about like his early days, because now he's known as a world famous podcaster and amongst other things. And he has millions of subscribers and listeners, but his early days didn't start like that. Like his early days were, you know, YouTube was just starting up. He's just starting to talk to people. And even if you look at his old podcast, the way he manages those podcasts is very different than how he does today. Like, you see how he has improved over the years. So what I want to talk to him about is, like, okay, what was your early day like? What were, what were your early days like? What made you launch this? Did you have a vision for it becoming this way at the beginning? Um, and, yeah, like, Joe Rogan's the guy. I, I'm a really big fan of him. Um, and you were saying how people don't have high attention spans nowadays. That's absolutely. Absolutely true. But Joe Rogan has podcasts that go on for hours and I don't know, I just I still find them interesting. Like what what is that recipe? Like how how did he do that, you know?
0: I'm I'm with you on that man. I'm one of the guys who really appreciates his, his work as well. And I've been, you know, not from the beginning, maybe three years ago I started watching him and obviously even in these three years he's grown a lot. And you know, talking about attention span, one of the things that I, I really think he does well is listen. And ask very interesting questions, and has really good flows in his conversations. And not just that, yeah. even the guests that he brings on, it's almost like turned into an online university. Anything you want to know about, you can know through Joe Rogan. You can talk about sleep, about uh, you know the benefits of I don't know different uh, sorts of uh, drugs. Um, it, it about about uh, you know everything, everything he talks politics. He brings on Elon Musk. He brings on Bernie Sanders that he brings on at UFC fighters. Like it's a whole diverse range of people with different backgrounds and he really lets them talk and listens, you know, he doesn't have any agenda behind it or so it seems like, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. And he, he, and he doesn't put a cap on the conversation, right? Like if the conversation is going, he's not going to say, Oh, we're timed out at 10 minutes. Let's stop it here. He really lets the person in front of him talk and he gets into a discussion, a dialogue. And like you're saying, he, he actively listens. He yeah. listens to the other person. He's not thinking of the very next question on his mind before he lets the other person speak and digest what he has to say or he or she has to say. And what I really like about is what you just said, he brings on people from very different areas of life. So you really have a, like a, access to a wide range of ideas on there, You know, whether it's political left or political right, um, all those different ideas, you see it on his show. And he talks for hours and hours and you still find people listening, and I'm one of them, it's amazing, that's why, that's what I'd love to talk to him about, like, how did it start in the early days, and was it always, like, hour-long podcast, I, I actually don't know, I haven't looked back in the history that much, but it's like, if YouTube is just starting up, or you starting a YouTube channel, I wouldn't start by putting out, like, two-hour lecture series, yeah. or two-hour yeah. podcasts because I'd be doubtful about who would listen, so I, you know, I'm just curious how, how did it evolve to what it is today, you
0: know? I think, I, think I, I mean, I, I watched a couple of his early ones and they were still long, obviously not like three hours, but they were like an hour long. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that really helped him is seriously just the consistency, you know? Because over time, a lot of people who are doing the same things as you are will, you know, give up or they just wouldn't stick with it. So by just staying consistent, you're already eliminating... Uh, a lot of that you know potential failure that you might you might Mm -hmm. see so so yeah that's definitely one thing right and then another another thing is it obviously helped that he's Joe rogan because he already had some sort of a background with fear factor before he was a ufc commentator you know he was he was already doing these things he and he wasn't on tv as well so he he already had that practice as well but then altogether, I still think it's, it's the consistency and, and how he, he just stuck with it. And, and also have fun with it, you know? It's, he, yeah. I don't think he sees it as necessarily work. I think he has a good crew. Obviously, they do put in the work, but he also has a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. And you
1: see that in every podcast. He starts it like he's talking to someone new. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You know? It doesn't yeah. matter if I've talked to you before. It doesn't matter if you're like the fifth person I talked to today. He comes in with that fire and there's a lot of lessons learned there like consistency is a huge one just excitement for what you're doing
0: yeah and and i do aspire to reach a level where you know anyone regardless of who's sitting across me i can just have a very casual insightful conversation with them without you know getting into my own head like oh shit Mm. this is elon musk sitting in front of me oh i'm like stressed (laughs) whatever you know yeah yeah okay that's cool so actually talking about elon musk so what do you think is the most important invention of the past 20 years not not the internet
1: you're, yeah yeah the internet. oh you're okay other than the internet interesting so it's interesting you're you're pro you were kind of prompting me to say the electric car maybe i'm not sure
0: oh no no I, 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 I really wasn't, <laughs> wasn't. No, no.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you know I, I i i would say the internet but you're looking for a different answer um
0: because the internet is there i mean the internet it, it I is, there, say yeah. is is a new technology anymore right
1: yeah, yeah not not anymore for sure um, was youtube an invention in a, do you consider youtube an invention or is it part of the internet
0: no i mean youtube is youtube is an interesting platform honestly and it's it's, it's yeah, yeah I, like time.
1: it's it's an it's an app it's like a launch of a of a of a feature in the technology space mm-hmm. not really an invention per se but youtube brought a lot of opportunities to people worldwide and they're the same opportunities that are on each of our fingers it's like you and i right like no nothing's stopping you or i from posting a video yep. and if it, if it hits the right um like if it gets the right people or sparks the interest in people then you're going to get a platform where you can Voice your ideas, let's say, or voice your skills or your talents. So, YouTube's one. Um, Electric car, even though you you weren't prompting me to say that, is definitely one because if we're going to get to cleaner air in our cities, there has to be an alternative to, initially, it was diesel cars and even an alternative to gasoline-run cars. So, that's one that he's definitely doing a lot of work in, and Elon Musk, and I appreciate him for that. Um, Also, space exploration it's not a technological um like we landed on on in the, in the moon in the i think the 70s or the late 60s but i'm very curious to see what that brings i don't know if it's the most important technological advancement that we as a humanity have, have achieved mm-hmm. but it might well be and i'm really really curious to see what you know what that future holds per se
0: that's that's cool that's interesting so going back you know uh youtube and then electric cars. so youtube i i definitely you know agree is very important because it's almost like you said we all have access to it so it's it's almost like it's such a scalable platform where you're able to share knowledge with very minimal work you're able to share your knowledge with an infinite number of people or as many people exist on on earth and who have access to the internet so it's definitely a positive sum game in that sense where everyone is benefiting from it rather than if it's like a zero-sum game where only a, a few select people with a certain status will have access to this level of, of information, right? So YouTube yeah, can exactly. open that up, that gate. Uh, yeah, and, cars, yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. No, no, and even
1: like just what you were saying, it's, it's not a zero-sum game. Like if, if you're posting some content on YouTube and I go and post similar content not saying that i'm taking away from you per se like there is competition obviously in in certain spaces but i could be preaching to a whole other audience and you could be preaching to a whole other audience and they could even have certain features in common right so yeah it's definitely positive for the vast majority of us there's obviously some cons but you know it's overall positive there's
0: cons with everything right you can't ever have something with no cons um but, but for sure i i agree and you know you said electric cars as well that's that's also something else where not just electric, but also cars are becoming automated and what the future yeah. for that can look like. And obviously, like there are debates now around whether or not the battery is, uh, you know, more eco friendly than, let's say, mm-hmm. the, the carbon dioxide that's being generated by normal cars right now. Uh, but even that over time, they can make it better, they can make it more efficient. It, 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 for it can sure. Be better, right? Yeah I mean we
1: started first by diesel and then we went to gasoline which is more you know environmentally friendly
0: who knows what will happen with the battery exactly so this transition like we're still in the middle of it no one no one necessarily knows for sure you know that mm-hmm. oh, this is not going to work obviously it's it's been working and it can and it has a potential to become a lot more efficient you know agreed agreed and you said space exploration that's also that's also really interesting for sure um you know, there's, there's a lot of resources on the moon. There's a lot of resources. Like they say that we have a lot of uh, ice or frozen water on the moon. If we can find a way to actually melt that and transport that to Earth, then we would have like a lot more water or abundant sources of water, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting space for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's cool. Space exploration. Now, this leads me to the next question. What about the future excites you? 'Cause space exploration can be one of them, but what what about mm-hmm. the you?
1: Um, being in this techno information age or technological age, however you want to call it, it's like there's some advancements that have happened in the past few years that sort of like I don't know like I personally couldn't predict and a lot of people couldn't predict and they've benefited humanity in a in a large way. Mm-hmm. Like um Amazon one day shipping. Wow. You know? Like I'm That's- just curious what's What's the next thing that's gonna wow us? And I'm hoping it's space exploration because I'm very curious to see what's out there, like whether it's different, you know, organisms or Alien. or like is, is it possible for humans to actually live on other planets? Like very curious to see what's happening there. But um, what about the future excites me from my own perspective. So I graduated university two three years ago, and right now I'm just starting up in my in my career, let's say. So I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. Like I have like a vision I I have of myself, you know, 10 or 15 years down the line and I'm, I want to see, okay, how that happens and what, what the actual is versus my forecast for what it is. And regardless of what it is, I don't think I'll have regrets in life. I'm just not that type of person, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely curious to see what it holds in that sense because uh, careers have also changed a lot, right? Like, like my parents, for example, when they got into their their jobs right out of university, they were there for like ten plus years at a minimum. Yeah. You know, with it nowadays it's it's a bit different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know which type of group I'm gonna fall
0: under. <laughs> Curious about that as well. R- right now, the people are definitely not sticking around in one organization for fifty years just to you know create yeah. a yeah. lot of uh, pension or go, go for pension plans later on and things like that, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm definitely you know uh, excited about that as well in the sense that you were talking about it and you know you the way that you have things planned out and you said you have a vision for it, that's very important having a vision and obviously all other things we talked about right so dealing with your insecurities being able to uh, you know plan ahead of time uh, convey your ideas to people you said you want to learn public speaking or become better at it uh, well that's that, I mean, it seems like you're gonna have a bright future. You know, it's uh, it's exciting, man. Looking forward. To here's here's
1: on. the hoping. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Hoping and trying, not just hoping, hoping and trying.
0: Yeah, not just hoping. Yeah. So, do you have any questions for me?
1: Uh, I'm curious. What's what's your ikigai?
0: Okay, that's that's an interesting question. Right now, at this point in my life, my ikigai is to build meaningful relationships. So I want, because relationships are very important to me, whether it's friends, family, you know, people that I meet, I want to make sure that I don't just surround myself with people that are only there in my good times, you know, Mm -hmm. but more like they're there when I'm I'm going through really hard times as well. And, you know, something that's more of a give and take, not just, you know, give or take, um, So that's, that's something that I've, I've been you know, trying to be conscious of, the, the energy and the, and the people I surround myself with.
1: Gotcha. That's, that's amazing. And, I mean, you, you asking me to be on this podcast is a step forward in that direction, I'd say. So thanks so oh. much for having me on here.
0: Oh, I appreciate having you, man. Good, good chatting with you. It's, it, was a, it was a long time since I've spoken to you. So Yeah, it, for sure. It's been a pleasure. Taking the time to do this. Yeah, man, for sure. My pleasure. All right, man. Take care.